we're back at it. <laughs> oh, I'm really happy to have you in for some more recording, Johnny. You know, it's tough. You guys have had some good guests, man, between Billy Jack and... I can't remember her name, but... Jawlings. Jawlings. Oh, yeah, Jawlings. That, that, that is outrageous? tough to, for anyone to try to be a guest after that. Those are some crazy stories. Uh, she had. She was just a good, like, a side commentator, too. Before we got to her story, we need to get Jawlings back in, I think, just as a Yeah. Good. When I re- recorded previously afterward, I was, like, thinking about how I acted and just the stuff I'd say, and I'm like, I... Just not to the Jawlings level. Not there She's yet. She's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and when we had Billy Jack in... He had made a list and he was just rolling on like, you'd be ready to kind of comment on something. He'd just like, and then there was the, he was just rolling. I'm like, man, you have so much great stuff. You guys need to have Billy Jack back on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll be back up. He winters down South now. So we kind of like to tease him about being a snowbird. Snowbird. Like a, like a legitimate snowbird. So when he decides to shed his tan and move back to Montana. I think Arizona winter tans are the equivalent of Montana, like best Montana summer. Oh, yeah. Kind, yeah. Of, the, kind of the trade-off. Makes a, being a snowbird not seem so bad. <laughs> You're kind of a snowbird, though. No, I'm, I'm the reverse. I always come back to Montana in January. When it's the worst. Yeah, and I'm always in Texas and just the brutal heat. Like, come visit in the summer. You're like, nah. Yeah, actually, she's going to gut it out down here. When me and Mitzi were dating, she'd come up to Montana or she'd be back down in Austin where we were when we were engaged and tell people, oh, my fiance's from Montana. He'd be like, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, the rivers, you know, fly fishing on streams and stuff. And she had only been up here December and January. It's like, you mean ice fishing? They're like, <laughs> no. Anyway, kind of funny. Do you get, because we've talked about this on the on the show, do you get some of the Yellowstone stuff? Oh, you deal with that? Yeah. As far as anyone finding out you're from Montana and saying, right, talking about Yellowstone Mm -hmm. immediately. Yeah. But it's kind of fun to be, you know, it's kind of fun to be the hater, you know, that's always be the ones like, oh, yeah, Yellowstone, that ruined everything for us. Now everyone (laughs) thinks they want to move to Montana now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Good. Well, Jim, oh, I better explain that to you guys. You're going to notice. When I'm talking with Weston Lee Allen, that's the given name. I'm going to switch between calling him John, Jim, Juice, Stoney. Yeah, there's a lot. And who knows what else? Yeah, not a lot of good reason why we, why we call no John, Juice, John, Jimmy. Uh, anything with a J, which is weird because your name starts with a right, J. But remember we went through that stage where we just called, we, we just, whatever yeah, I, the nickname is, it becomes. That's what it was. We just. We went through a thing where we would just call each other whatever we wanted. And we knew if you hear a random name that we're talking to each other. Remember when I used to call you Hobart? Oh, that wasn't my favorite. Hobart. Hobart. I didn't love Come it. here. Give me a hand. Didn't love it. And you were young enough at that time that you weren't like, Hobart. Quit calling me Hobart. Yeah. But <laughs> I didn't stand up for myself or anything. No, no. But now, so I just said, man, Jim, it's good to have you in here. So if you're out there listening, you're like, wait. Who's Jim? Who's John? There's no, but there are none of them. There are no Johns, Jims, Jumps, Juices. It's just me and Weston here. So in, throughout this episode, anytime Weston and I are doing this, it is him. Okay. Just keep that in mind because I realize listening, if you're not watching it on YouTube and you're listening through the, the various major podcast platforms where you might find Steady at the Wheel. It's pretty good. Wherever fine podcasts oh. are found. 
Mm. Yeah. I think I heard that on someone <laughs> That's else. That's pretty though. good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, if you're just listening out there in Radio Land or whatever, yeah, it's it's just it's just it's just Weston. <laughs> so, oh, I've got to respond. I had a little had a little question that was brought up. A little fan mail. Yeah, action? a little fan mail action. Yep. Yep. It was asked. This fan was. We should also mention why Luke's not here again. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy schedule. Right. Yeah. Have a slim time frame where, where we can get together with my schedule and yeah, Luke's schedule has been brutal. Yep. Next time we're just going to, Luke and I are just going to hop on a plane and do a double run down to Dallas. There we go. Yeah. We got to get some more sponsors before then, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> buy merchandise. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. So yeah. So anyway, it's, uh, it's just Wes and I in here again. Luke is taking care of business. So here we are. A little bit of fan mail. I still am very uncomfortable in the captain's chair. Doing fine. And so. Luke, Luke, Luke out there, when you listen to this, just know that I'm not comfortable as the captain. Imagine Luke just <laughs> listening, going, shaking his like, head. Don't say that. Just be confident. Push through. So this fan mail... I think this particular uh, listener saw this maybe on Instagram that, or yeah, I think that's probably where, that's where he messaged me from, but he had a good question. He wanted me to explain my thoughts or feelings, experiences, if you will, on auto chains, auto chains. Do you know what auto chains are? Yeah, I do only because you've got them on one of your semis. I do. Yeah. You're right. So I'd heard of auto chains. You guys out there that aren't in the trucking industry, You've heard of people having to chain up. It's, it's where you put chains. You literally, oh man. You do use that word a lot. I use it way too much. But I'm using it in context. You literally are wrapping a chain around your wheels to give you more traction. I just shouldn't say it. I should just say. I think that sentence means the same thing with or without literally. In you there. are. Yeah. Why do we even use it? What's it even for? They should strike it from the dictionary. <laughs> strike it. Get on that, Jim. So auto chains, they come out with this invention for semis called auto chains. And I was like, there's no way that you can automatically wrap a tire in chains. But what auto chains are is basically in your truck, you can flick a switch on your dashboard and these little arms come down. It's hard to explain. It's going to be really hard to explain without seeing. Perhaps while we're doing this, Matt, if you're getting really, really anxious and really eager rather and excited on the editing of the YouTube you can look up some stock footage of auto chains in action and insert that while I'm speaking right now. Hint, hint to you on your editing over there for the YouTube. But these wheels come down and they have just little lengths of Those chain. arms. Yeah, they're like little arms with wheels on the ends. And they come down. And as your tires are spinning around going down the highway, those arms contact the sidewall of your tire. And on those little arms are little lengths of like 10 inch pieces of chain. So think of it like a carousel. These little things are, you know, the, the circus fair rides where you sit in the seat and it's suspended by a wire and then they spin the thing and all the seats go out. Kind of an old school ride. Okay. Might've been before your time. <laughs> anyway, it basically generates energy that shoots these little lengths of chain under your tire to give your truck traction. They shoot out. You really got to go watch a video on them to understand how they work. It's extremely difficult to explain. But anyway, it gives you traction on the snow and the ice. And then when... So there's always a chain under your tire as it's spinning? I mean, as it's contact. Because this this rubber wheel that's in contact with your sidewall has like, Mm. like eight little lengths of chain hanging from it. 
Think of it like a weed eater. Yeah. You know, a weed eater has two strands of wire that comes out yeah. and it spins really fast. It's, it's that, doing that right in front of your tire. It's doing that right in front. So okay. as that weed eater, essentially, now I want you guys to just think of this as a weed eater head. As it's spinning right in front of the tire down there at ground level, it's throwing a little chain length under the tire. Truck drives over it. By the time it spits that length, that length of chain out, a new piece has come getting thrown yeah. under the tire. So it's just always throwing little chains under that your tire. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That, that makes sense. You've seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. it. It's, anyway, check it out if you want to see exactly what we're talking about. Hopefully that got put in the video and you don't have to wonder. You're like, move on. <laughs> so that's what they do. That's, that's what they do. What's your, was he asking for what they do or he was wanting to know kind of the experience of, okay. of using them. And I, they're, they're a couple thousand dollars per axle to have put on your truck. So if you want a full set of auto chains, it's like, $4,000 versus go to the truck stop, buy some old manual chains where you have to stop your truck, get out, put the chains over the tires, tighten them on, you know, get them all set up. Those cost about $150 for just a basic set for one axle. So you're looking at $2,000 versus 150 bucks. So why would anybody use auto chains? If you're looking at that price difference. This is where auto chains really shine, okay? So say you're, you're going up a hill, weather's a little sketchy, and you're, you're like, man, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it or not. Should I pull over and put my chains on? Or should I, should I try to make it up? The most stressful thing in the world, as Rooster mentioned last time we were together, remember when he spun out hauling those cattle up to Pishkin? Mm-hmm. You spin out and you're just like, oh boy, like what's going to happen now? Am I going to stop? Am I going to start sliding backwards? So if you don't want to worry about, am I going to spin out? You stop in a normal situation and you put chains on your tires. Then you go up the mountain. And half the time when you get up there, you're like, well, I probably didn't need chains for that. And so you're always like, "Ah, what a waste of time. Auto chains, you can flick that switch as long as you're going, you know, underneath 25 miles an hour. You can flick the switch. It'll deploy those little arms while you're Mm -hmm. moving. You don't have to stop. Wow. And it gives you traction. So... So any doubt at all, it's like, well, if in doubt, just flick the switch. It ain't going to hurt nothing. Roll up over the hill. They are awesome. Once you have them and use them on the highway, you're like, why isn't this standard for any semi-deployed, you know, north of, you know, southern Utah all the way. Like every northern truck should have these things on. They're sweet. There is the downside of them is it's a lot of extra hardware hanging under your truck. There's maintenance. There's airlines. Are they heavy? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the exact, but I would guess that they add... 400-ish pounds, total pounds to your rig. Not crazy, but... No, but I mean, it adds up. Yeah. You know, 400 here, 400 there, and you start... So what about if you... If it's spitting this length of chain that goes under your moving tire, Mm -hmm. I mean, what if you you do spin out and you get stopped? Can you flick them on and then get going? Right. So this is... This would be the... My experience. What does drives Luke nuts? My opinion as a professional truck driver. As a truck truck driver. As a professional truck driver. My experience as a dentist. (laughs) So auto chains are amazing if you deploy them before you stop. If you are stuck somewhere, like you've spun out on a hill, and you're like, okay, I'm going to put my chains out now. So you're, you're stuck on the road, you flick the chains out, and then you try to get going. They're not great. They will still help you, but nothing like manual chains. Mm. So for that reason, if you're ever even like remotely close to spinning out, just throw them, man. Flick yeah, the switch. Because well. once you stop 
And if you spin out with auto chains, you're like you you still need to carry manual chains. When you're asking about weight, yeah, you need to carry manual chains because in a really bad bad spot, you can spin out with auto chains. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna ask: is if do you still are you still carrying manual chains? Yeah, so you are, but right. but the benefit is you're time saving. Yes, time saving. You're hopefully rarely yep. getting into a situation where you have to. Yeah, you and know. it's you know time saving. Time is money. You know. Yeah. It saves you a lot. I mean, over the course of a winter, if you're driving on winter roads a lot. The other place where auto chains are entirely, completely, 100% worthless is off of the highway. Oh. So like a really hard gravel road, they'll, they'll give you some help if it's really hard. But if there's any looseness at all, they just don't work. Interesting. Just, I think because the ground is loose enough under the chain, that it just spits the ground and the chain yeah. and everything just kind of gets spit out. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, that make sense? sense? Yeah. There's not pressure for your tire to hit against the chain. So right. it's just sinking in the ground probably. And it's like, it's not even there. I would yep. Think. So yeah. another reason why you still have to carry manual chains, because if you're in a, you know, a dirt lot somewhere loading and you get to spin out, get stuck trying to hook on a trailer, you're still going to have to get out and put manual chains on to get around the yard. So I recommend auto chains to anyone that, is almost exclusively on the highway and dealing with winter roads a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Worth the money. Worth the money. Every single dollar because it's, and, and chaining up is, is sounds silly, but it's dangerous on the highway. You know, people yeah. are whizzing by, cars are whizzing by yeah. and you're out there buried in a snow drift trying to, it's not pleasant, but it's part of trucking. So that is my, <laughs> Jim. You said something that actually <laughs> triggered a, Maybe a core trucking memory. A core for memory. Me. A core trucking <laughs> memory for me. And we'll get into kind of my progression as a trucker and we'll talk about some of my early trucking. But, but going forward to when I was trucking for you and you just kind of turned me loose. And I remember you saying, Oh, when we're both around the ranch sometime, let's go down and we'll lay some chains out and I'll show you how to, how to put chains on. You know, and Luke is so big on this. He's always like, mm-hmm. You need to learn how to do things before. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like training. Like yeah. you should train like military trains for situations. You should train for situations and most people don't at all. Yeah. So <laughs> in this situation I was more just like a school teacher who got dropped into a war zone, you know, without that military training. Just like, hello. So we never got around to it mm-hmm. and the the roads hadn't gotten bad, real bad yet. <laughs> but I remember I was I was picking up a load of cattle up in Browning. Browning comes up a lot on this podcast. It, it Billy is, Jack had some stories. Yeah, Bruce had some stories. Mm-hmm. So it was... And uh, you have... I actually don't have any personal Browning stories. Is yet, that right? Yet. I try to stay clear. But you have one. Very interesting that the guy who's in charge of telling people where to go <laughs> is the one who's, who doesn't have any stories going up to Browning where everyone's everyone's rough stories are. <laughs> it's true. Like, it hey, just, uh, hey oh, Jim. It's, it's just cold and windy. They just get some brutal weather. The wind is the, is the cause of so much troubles up there. So this actually wasn't, I mean, the weather was pretty decent when I was up there. This is more because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I was driving. Hey, I didn't say it. <laughs> I, will, I will gladly say it. I was heading up there in my semi to pick up a load of cattle that I think were just coming back to the sale barn here in Lewistown. So I'd gotten up there. It was in no service and kind of had some rough directions on where oh, yeah. to go. And, it's, and, and even in this day and age, you don't get that a lot. There's, most places have cell coverage. Most people live in zones where it's, yeah, like you can pull up your map and look, but this is like the no zone. 
Yeah, it, and I should have. What I should have done is, in good service, taking some screenshots or something of the map. Kind of knew, know? like, oh, there's that building. Yeah, but did not do that, and had some sketchy directions, and realized as I'm going up, there's a place I need to, you know, turn left off the highway, and and go into this, you know, up into this ranch lot to load these cattle. Well, and and what what is the big stress when you're trucking? Like, it's like half of your stress is if you miss a turn. Why is that so stressful? Because you're in a semi. You're not in a little Subaru where you can flip around on the highway. <laughs> oh, it is so strange. Yeah. <sighs> People who don't truck probably don't realize that that if you miss your turn or something like that, or if you end up, you know, going through the middle of a city or something instead of on a truck route, like it yeah. is so stressful, yeah. especially for, uh, I was young and not <laughs> real Super fresh. Yeah. You know? And so I had went past, there's no service. And I got off on the side of the road, kind of, I stopped. There's no traffic on this highway. I mean, there is nobody on this highway. So I, I just kind of pulled off and I'm trying to think, oh, what should I do? I wonder if there's a way I can loop around and come back. And as I'm there, I'm, I'm kind of looking off to the right. And I see, as I'm trying to weigh my options, I keep looking over and seeing, huh, there's a wire gate right here, you know, a barbed wire gate that goes off into this pasture. And there's a set of corrals out there that's, you know, people work cattle out and stuff. So, and with a chute, so, you know, the trucks go you down You know, there. semis can fit. Yeah. Problem is, there's just a little skiff of snow on the ground, and it's just a little wet. It was warm enough that it, it wasn't like hard froze. Yeah, it wasn't it was kind hard of this froze. Weird. But I looked, okay. at, but I looked down and I thought, you know what? I think if I I could pull my semi and trailer down in there easy, flip around in front of that chute, and just make sure I've got momentum and give her some juice, and just get right back up on the highway and go back the other direction on the highway, and then turn off on that ranch lot because I I kind of knew. Oh, I think that place you, that I thought yeah, might have been it. That was it. <laughs> And so <laughs> that's what I did. All so you by went myself, for it. Okay. No service. I go for it, open up the gate, get flipped around and just make it about 20 yards back up. It's kind of a slight, just a real slight hill. So you're barely going uphill. That slick snow, just immediately I spin out <laughs> and I'm just stuck there. Now I think, oh gosh, I am someone's pasture. I have no idea who's <laughs> yeah, pasture. Like this. Who's, whose ground is this? Yeah, someone's waiting on a truck and I'm, <laughs> and I'm stuck over here. So so I, I get my chains out and I'm like, oh, I'll chain up and I think I can do it. And then I quickly remember, oh, wait, I don't know how to put chains on my semi. <laughs> like, like no clue. I like have, I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, I kind of understand a little, but it's just not coming together, you know, and I'm, I'm stressed out and I probably would have figured it out. But at the same time, these people have finished sorting cattle and they like just went up the highway. I they think. went looking for it. They probably were like, eh. cause they yeah. know, I'm sure they've had some I, of that yeah, before. I know that. They, lost. Yeah. Afterward they said, yeah, this has happened. And, there's no service well, and, trucks go and, in, and in your defense with the chain thing, Rooster, his one rule of trucking was you zero trucking when the weather's bad. You're not riding with me. Oh, Kids yeah. are staying home. Yeah. That, that's that. So Rooster, you know, would always talk about, oh, I had to chain. And you're like, huh, I had to chain. Yeah. But we, I mean, we never chained anything ever. It's like, well, chain? <laughs> I know. I'm probably going to get some, some hate from people. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm a real trucker. But <laughs> I'll also say, I have no qualms with anyone saying I'm not a real trucker because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I can drive truck, but I'm not a trucker, you know? <sighs> so anyway, so they get out there and they see me and the guy who's, he wasn't the rancher, but I, he was a neighbor that was helping. He comes out and helps me get chained up. And he's like, oh man, if you would have just went up, you could have went in the highway. You know, you could turn left and right and left and you'd be right, right back on the highway. You're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh um, man, I wish I had. If only I was a local. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so get chains on and get up on the highway. So figured out that's how I learned how to put chains on. Yeah. But what's actually kind of funny about the story is after I just made the dumbest move that any truckers ever made, right? <laughs> Maybe not, but people are probably thinking I should have been driving 
Just like, rookie, who's this kid? Yeah. Like, who did they find to get these cattle? Well, we pull up into the ranch lot. This is what's funny is it's real tight. And to back into the chute, they had like a pond right there in the middle of their ranch lot. And you had to kind of, this embankment, you had to kind of get up on the side of this embankment and then back this blind corner to get to the, the cattle loading chute, right? That I'm backing up to. <laughs> and you probably look, pull and look at it and you're like, all this land all this space out here in old big sky country and you put your chute facing right up against this <laughs> reservoir where I can't back into exactly. it easily. All the places and they've got, you know, old swathers and hay and equipment stuff broken down that I'm weaving in and out of <laughs> and somehow I'm just going slight and I bump the chute, you know, and I get there and I'm like, all right, let's go see how bad this is because you got to be flush with the chute to load cattle. And you're right. Right. Yeah, totally flush and you're probably, I would guess, because I've kind of been in somewhat of a similar situation thinking, Everyone's so mad at me right now. This is so embarrassing. hundred oh, percent. All these cowboys, you know, these old, hey there, boy. Listen, you know? some of the best people in the world. Also, some of the most brutal people in the world. If you <laughs> make a mistake, they're going to yeah. call you out on it. And yeah, they're ask not, you what's they're wrong not with real you. fluffy. Yeah. So I jump out of my truck and this cowboy, the same guy who helped me get chained up, he's just walking just straight at me fast. And I'm like, thinking, with, like with purpose. Yeah, with purpose. And I'm thinking the purpose is he's going to come punch me in the face and say, why are you driving a semi? You should not be in a semi. But he comes up and sticks his hand out and shakes my hand and says, young man, you are the best trucker I've ever met in my life. No one has ever gotten flushed <laughs> with that shoot on the first backup. And I'm just like, that is, no, I am the worst. Remember, I'm the one, I'm the one you just had to help chain up his truck that didn't know how to put chains on. And so he just forgot all about how dumb I was before. You were, but you're, was like, just, you're just, forgiven. just like, and even when I was pulling away loaded, he's like, I just, I can't believe you hit that thing right on the first try. And I was like, yep, pretty good, wasn't it? And by the end, you're like, you know what? I am, yeah. I am pretty good. I am the best trucker that's ever trucked. Would you call my brother <laughs> and just pass that along to him? Would you just call him for me? Anyway. So <laughs> yeah, talking about chains and auto chains. Oh. Yeah, and that's a good reminder to everyone. Yeah, if you if you don't know how to put chains on, do like Luke says, and do it now. Yeah, go do it now, man. Like like right now, you should go out to your truck and say, "All right, let's figure this out." <laughs> yeah, like let's see. I didn't know how I could have gotten out of that mess so quick, but like they probably would would have almost been before they even knew. Yeah, because that's always whenever you make a goof going somewhere to load, you're like, just I just want to get this squared around before anybody knows. Before yeah, anybody finds exactly. out. Oh, yeah, exactly. Young man, you, I've watched 74 cattle trucks come in and out of here and use the best of them all. <laughs> it was so funny. There's a meme. I don't know if anyone is going to remember this. It's an office meme and it's like Michael Scott, who's on the office. Oh, yeah. He's wearing a fanny pack. It's a picture on the office and he's like shaking hands with some executive and he oh, just Oh, it's looks, like when he's like way back in his yeah, old days. Yeah, it's probably, so he's I don't like, know if everyone's going to get this reference, but he's just wide-eyed, like shaking a hand. It, that was me, this guy shaking my hand and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing here right now. <laughs> Maybe Matt can put that in. Maybe Matt can put that Maybe in. Maybe he can put it, to me. Yeah. We're asking a lot of Matt this Sorry, episode, Matt. Matt. You're really having to work. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Weston, hitting the shoot perfectly for the first time. A hundred percent. Um, but that was a little later on in my truck and yeah. we've got a, there's a lot between, you know, that was one of your, your more experienced stories. Um, <laughs> my most, one of my more experienced stories makes me sound like one of the most inexperienced. <laughs> so just imagine what his stories are like when he first started, right? <laughs> oh man. So let's see. We left off the last episode where I think we had just mentioned, we, we told that I, I had blown up old Jake. That Detroit motor blew up on me, grenaded. The old guy saved me with his powerful Dodge pickup. And then to 
fix, basically pay back my mistake. Not that it was a mistake, but it was on me, right? This motor blew up. Allegedly, no one was there. (laughs) Here's the thing. Most times engines blow up, it's because you overwrap them. means like you you redline it and it's like, oh, that causes irreversible damage. (laughs) Well, a scream in Detroit, they're like, in fact, the old saying was everyone was just like, the best way to drive those before you get in the truck, slam your fingers in the door and it'll just make you so stinking mad and then just drive. That's right when you're in the power band. Yeah, you're just things. like, you're just, just mad at the truck. And anyway, so as far as I know, there's no such thing as overwrapping. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I found those, those two old freight liners out in the shelter belt that yeah. the mechanic told me about. We bought them 500 bucks a piece. We did a little Frankenstein surgery, brought new life to the old, the old rig. The old side loader. And, and there we are. So uh, now I've, now I've made it good again. And I, in the end, it was way better. I mean, it was all for the better because I got this $500 truck that by the time they did the framework and, you know, cut the old cab off, put the new truck on it. I was about $6,000 into this deal. And like, that was every dime that I had in those days. But like we made it square. Now we've got a truck that's better than the old one. So that we still have and use often parked right out, parked right right out behind right us and right. we use it every Good. summer haul hay. I've never had to do anything to that truck. We've got, yeah, I have gone over the road with that truck. <laughs> you did yeah, later we on. We have some good stories with that. Oh man, we, we put some, we put a few miles on old Frankenstein. So if, if you guys do watch the Wild Wild West YouTube channel, Frankenstein, if you've seen in the background, it's the silver Freightliner. Anyway, rattle can silver, I should say, by the way. We got good with rattle cans. We're going to talk about that a little later. We got real good. So we had Frankenstein, but we also had bonus trucks. So yeah, remember this, you guys. So the deal was you have to take both trucks. Like this guy wants them gone. And you're like, okay. Well, the second truck, we didn't talk about this in the last recording. The second truck was a twin. It was only a couple VIN numbers off, 88, nine speed, 350 Cummins, you know, just a little economical. What they call them, Formula 3? Was that what yeah, they had? Yeah, Formula 350 yeah. is on the deal. Yeah. And they, they're just like the little baby cousin of the big cam 400. And it's kind of like, okay, this is what the, you know, the regional trucks. And like, if you saw like line haul trucks hauling FedEx trailers between two cities and stuff, mm-hmm. that's the kind of engine in the 80s they would have put in one of those. Yeah. So when you're, if you're hauling cattle in them, someone's like, what do you yeah. got in it? Yeah. You don't want to come right out and be like, yeah, I'd always <laughs> just be like, what'd you, What'd you say? Man, it's loud out here. I can't hear. Anyway, <laughs> we'll catch you later. Yeah, yes. have a good one. <laughs> yeah. Just try to dodge the question. Yeah. But so reliable. Yes. So anyway, we get the, uh, we get the other one and this truck was, a, I don't know how it got its name, but it was about the time that that movie, the Beef, the, the share. Oh the, yeah. It's like called True Grit. Grit. The new True the Grit, new Grit remake. remake. So we named this truck Le Beef, and I don't know why. I think it was because it had the formula 350. I am a la beef, you know, like this kind of like the French, like, wow, yeah. yeah. Even though the character in that isn't very French. No, yeah. I, I, yeah. So anyway, la beef, uh, la beef had about a million and 100,000 miles on it. 1.1 million on it. Original motor, you know, tranny worked, but it was, you know, everything was just pretty loose. Well, well worn, well used, totally different from Frankenstein. And the last thing that was kind of the icing on the cake for Le Beef was that it had been jackknifed. Yeah. And, and later I come to find out the cool history on these trucks was the guy had bought them brand new. So they were one owners, clean one owner. <laughs> what a deal, but you're making money on this deal. <laughs> right. You actually really are. <laughs> yeah. So the guy bought them brand new and he had a contract to deliver 
school milk, lunch program milk, you know, the little cartons Mm -hmm. that you had in elementary school. He had a contract to deliver milk to like all these schools in a certain part of the state. And so he bought these trucks brand new and that's what they did. That's all they did is just kind of regional. That's why they had these little engines in them and little nine speeds. Yeah. But anyway, on a fateful winter day, that truck got jackknifed. So it crunched the corner of the cab was just like, (laughs) totally crunched in. And it was pretty obvious with the original colors. But once we brought the beef back home, after we got it running as well, it also needed an injector. I think I got it running for about $1,500. Had to put batteries in it and an injector. So you're about two grand into the beef. Just, yeah. (laughs) Bring it home and just wasn't quite sure what to do with it because we never had had a truck with a fifth wheel plate on it. We're like, what? <laughs> That's to be so funny for truckers to hear that. For you guys, yeah. But it was a strange and foreign concept for us around here. Dude, so weird. <laughs> I had no idea what to do with it. Because you got to remember, Rooster, all our entire lives, he had old blue, blue two, and then we bought who became oh, Frankenstein, Jake, old Jake, yeah. which was also a California side loader. So it's a straight truck with a box. There's no fifth wheel plates. There's no hooking up the hook the airlines and the, make sure your pin's locked. You're like, what are you talking I don't even know what any of that is. You just load them and jump in and roll. Just, the, the trailer's always hooked up to the truck. Like, you don't undo anything. It's always together. We only want trucks that you can only do one thing with. Right. That is it. <laughs> like, and even, even the places, those side loaders, the corrals have to be set up in such a way that you can pull the truck in sideways instead of backing into the chute like you did up at that reservoir. Yeah. You have to be able to pull the whole truck in perpendicular to the chute. And it's hard to find a chute that allows for that. The place where I backed in, never, no. I mean, never in a thousand years would you ever yeah. be able to get in sideways. Because most chutes are like recessed back into the corral. Yeah. So you just can't, you can't park a truck perfectly perpendicular to the chute. So, so we only want semis that you can only do one thing with <laughs> and you can only get in about 10% of all the chutes in America. So, yeah. So here I find, I just find myself kind of stuck with this jackknifed cab over that runs, just kind of an old, but it, it works and seems to run. I said, got that old Cummins, don't ever want to die, but just don't, just don't really know what to do with it. Just, I don't know. Here it is. So there it sat for a long time until, until I found something on Craigslist that kind of piqued my interest a little bit. You yeah, guys, on Craigslist. Craigslist. You guys remember how glorious, before Facebook and all that, how glorious Craigslist, it was like the place. Any and everything. Craigslist. Right. Just go to Craigslist. Have no idea how they made any money, how the site worked, nothing. Just the most bizarre, bland, plain, like, what? They make this in 1992 when the internet came out or whatever? So I'm cruising around on Craigslist one day and I find over in Western Montana, this guy is selling some kind of a big square, like a big square bale packer. It wasn't, it wasn't a square baler. Some of you guys remember these. I can't remember what they called them, but you'd park this big module, kind of like a cotton bale module mm-hmm. packer. You'd park this, you'd put hay in it and it would like make kind of a loaf. Hmm. And then you'd drive away and it left a loaf. Kind of like the old loose leaf stacks, yeah. but this was like a little more compact. Hmm. I, I have no idea of, I don't know. I don't want to Western Montana thing. The weed and the weird. The weird the, I, I teased about that on my last YouTube episode, hauling cattle out of there. So I am, I'm not looking at the module. I'm seeing something in the background and I'm like, what? Of course, I sniff this thing out like a hound dog. I'm like, rooster. So I call rooster over. I'm like, hey, is that what I think it is over there in the back? I'm like, look at that. And we look and sure enough, 
It is a set of California side loader doubles. So there was two ways to haul cattle back in Oregon and California. You either had the straight truck like roosters and the pup trailer you pulled behind, or if you were someone that enjoyed a little bit of versatility in your trade, you could get a set of doubles. So it was just two 28 foot trailers hooked up to each other and you'd pull it with a, with a single axle regular, semi, regular, regular semi. semi. So I'm like, what in the, this was not for sale. This Ooh. was in the background mm-hmm. of a just, picture. Yeah. Of something else that was for of sale. a loose hay module maker yeah. that you had no interest in buying. No interest. On but, Craigslist in yeah, Western Montana. Exactly what it was. And I didn't know that it was, I thought it was at least for yeah, sale. Oh no. But my, my thought was this, if this guy is trying to sell something as worthless as whatever this hay thing was, he would definitely sell something as worthless <laughs> as a set of side loader doubles, right? And the story got even better. So I called this guy. I still remember his name. Charlie Jaquet. Mm. Good name. Super nice guy. Well, Chucky J. Chucky J. So call him up. And I'm like, hey, what about these doubles? He's like, oh, man, I bought those a few years back at some auction. And I thought I, you know, I hauled two loads of cattle down to Butte from, from uh, Kalispell to Butte to the sale barn. And I'm thinking, I wonder how you unloaded over there. <laughs> I jumped him out in the parking lot. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. So he goes, yeah, I just use them. And they were fine, but I just, I don't, I don't use them. I'm like, well, what do you want to sell them for? He's like, oh, I'm not really interested in selling stuff, I guess. You got anything good to trade? And I'm like, I don't know. Well, I don't have like, I don't know. I, one of my pet peeves when people put up a, a thing and they're like, willing to trade, what do you got? And you're like, could you be a little more specific as to what you're looking for in a trade? Like, yeah. Like firearms to automobiles to tools to animals. I mean, what do you, yeah. could you give me a little? Hmm? So I'm like, well, let me think on it. So I go to Roost and we're thinking about what do we have left on the ranch that is equally as worthless. We got to get a hold of these things. <laughs> right. And they're completely worthless to this guy. He knows there's no way anyone's going to buy them. And so we go out back and we're like, hmm. And we had, that came with the place when we moved to this like 10 foot wide John Deere little cedar all the seeding tubes everything's rotted off of it like so defunct it was just I don't, kind of one of them pieces that just came with the place you're like i don't know yeah. still had green paint on it though so we're like hmm, well we have an old cedar and then we had also that old heston swather that we bought right when i left yeah the thing and is- you're the only one that got to enjoy any good use out of it because all the time That's right it like ran great for you guys. It was fantastic for and, me. And then we moved here and it was just like, what is this thing? It doesn't even work. So as soon as the same guy who blew up the Detroit, as soon as he started <laughs> running the Heston Swather, things kind of Wait, went south. I never, all I ever got to do was drive it home. No. It, from, from Haynes's. Yeah, I know. We never, yeah, we never even used it on the ranch because it, it just started, didn't work yeah. right. So it just sat there and it, it was a little 12 foot Swather. It's too small for this country over here. So I call him up and I'm like, hey, we got a Heston Swather and we got an air seeder. Kind of like, you can have the swather, but you have to take the air, the, not an air seeder. You have to take the old drill with it. The old, the old drill. You got to take it with it. Kind of like I had to take the two semis. I'm yeah. like, well, fine. Okay. So I send him pictures and all that. And back then it was like, got the digital camera out and emailed him a picture, you know? And I was like, I don't need pictures. Do your trailers work? Will they? <laughs> and, oh, and then the other deal was you have to, no, I went and picked them up. I'll come pick them up. But will they, will they work? Oh yeah. They'll pull. So I get in Labeef and drive Bobtail up through Browning over the mountains and hook these things up. And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I knew how to hook stuff up because I'd worked for Billy Jack, you know. Yeah. But I get hooked up and I'm just like, huh, 
just feeling all cool driving. Everyone's just looking. They're like, cab over? California side loader doubles? Like, what is this? And I'm just like, yeah, it's all good. Hey. So anyway, we get these things brought home. He comes over, hauls the swather away, takes the old grain drill, and felt like we made a pretty good swap. Now, the reason that we wanted these is because we, in the, in the whole vein of efficiency and all this, we started thinking, at this point, we have two semis now, if you remember, to haul cattle up to the mountains. So we cut, our, we cut from 12, 12 rounds, rounds to six, yep. but we've got, we got young Stoney here, who is just a budding young operator. Oh, yeah. We could put him in the beef, and we would have a third semi rigged up. Okay. And then we could cut that. That would cut it from six down, technically to four, but <laughs> couldn't haul as many cattle, so probably to five rounds. Yeah, but but it's you know it's like it's a good training opportunity. Just like we're all going up there anyway, you might as well just follow us, right? Yeah. So we get these doubles home, and we start looking at them, and realize the back trailer, you know, it it made it over, and I pulled it home, but it just didn't quite look super. Worthy. worthy. Yeah. And we don't need it to be much because we're just going to the mountains. Yeah. But the lead trailer, it had aluminum wheels on it. Aluminum wheels. <laughs> That's all you need. As far as I knew, it was like, well, <laughs> if this thing has aluminum wheels, it's probably pretty nice. So I'm sure everything's fine. Right? So we unhook the back trailer and leave it. So now we got Rooster loading up in blue too. Mm-hmm. And he could haul about 40 pairs or so in there. And then I'm loading up old Frankenstein now. Frankenstein could haul one less than Rooster because he had a little bit longer box. And then we get Weston. In La Beef. In La Beef, pulling this 28-foot side loader lead trailer thing. Yeah. It's really unique, guys. Really unique. I don't think I wish. It was, this was kind of before the times of pictures and Instagram and all that. So some of this stuff you just don't have a whole lot of. Like what? Oh, actually, on my Instagram, I have I took a picture of that set of doubles the day that I sold them, that I got rid of them. Maybe. So I will make sure we post that up. Yeah. But anyway, so we give Weston the twenty, and I think if I remember right, you could actually haul ten cows on top, and you could haul no nine cows on top, eight cows in the belly, and then calves about ten calves on the nose. On the nose, yeah. So you had a decent little run, you know, some stuff doing some damage. Yeah. So we get to this. It's springtime now. It's time to roll. Up to the mountains, to the upper ranch. You guys remember this upper ranch? We mentioned it last time. 25-ish miles of gravel. The last seven or so being really windy, really up and down, really tight. Yeah. A lot of side-to-side leaning, too, on them. They weren't. Yeah. Remember that? There was that one oh, where the whole road would kind of. Mm, yep. I remember it well. Like, oh. And then it would level out. Anyway, just really challenging. And this is like, it's the kind of road that turn, turns you into a trucker. You know, you're like, hey, turning into a trucker. Yeah, no, if you can do that, you're going to be good to go on the highway for <laughs> yeah. sure. So we get all rigged up. We put together a paired train. You know, the, the, we got all the right mama cows, all the right baby cows, calves rather. And uh, we're loaded up and we're headed up. Yeah. Now I'm going to let you kind of start to, to weave into the story. Oh, well, this was, you know, I'd driven. I can haul, I can drive a semi is what I'm trying to say, right? I, I can run through the gears and I understand how to get up in my high range and everything like that, but I'm not real good at it. 
You hadn't like gone out with Rooster to South Dakota and driven on your own. Not on my own, no. But you know, I, I've hauled out to, or I've taken the truck out to Spencer's shop. That was always a thing Rooster okay. had me do. Yeah, I'd that was drive about the six, to, seven miles out yeah, in the country. Yeah, drive yep. the truck out to the shop and stuff like that. So okay. it was kind of my training ground. So you got missing gears. all my gears yeah. and stuff at first, and then figuring it all out. <laughs> yeah. But I remember loading up in the in the beef, pulling that twenty eight foot trailer, and then just with the old nine speed, just trying to keep on Rooster's tail. But what I remember is we went this back way where you go through Grass Range, Montana, oh, and up there. So we had a lot of highway. So we did one. have a lot of highway. It was like an extra fifteen miles total for yeah, the trip. But sometimes a little quicker. A little, yeah. I don't know if it was quicker, but smoother. It felt smoother after going on this road yeah. over here. Yeah. So, so but I remember hitting the highway after loading up and just getting there and just trying to concentrate. And then old Jackson, I remember you calling my phone, and I remember trying to answer the phone, thinking something's wrong, and you're just like, "Hey, buddy." <laughs> How you doing up there? How you liking trucking, buddy? <laughs> you hold it. I'm like, Jackson, I can't talk right now. I'm, just, I'm grinding gears. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's happening, man. I don't know what's going on. But Jackson's like, ah, <laughs> oh, you're all right, buddy. <laughs> but I mean, it was as soon my first first load ever, right? I'm like, I'm like so a sophomore, junior so- in high school. I'm pretty young. That's a sophomore, yeah. And then just immediately Jackson's saying, you doing all right there, little buddy? And just... Oh, I'm just like, why Why are you calling me right now? Please let me just concentrate and pray. <laughs> and this was him <laughs> pray. And this was long before cell phones and driving. It was like, hey, man, it's the Wild West. We got a bunch of oh, flip yeah. phones. And- yeah, I couldn't put on a speaker. <laughs> anyway, and then I also remember, so by the time we work through the highway, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, it's in the first few miles, you start feeling comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And then we hit the gravel and I remember Roos just spitting up dust and me being just right on his tail. <laughs> just can't I'm, see. I'm just right. Just can't see anything. Just, I don't know why, I'm, but I remember you making fun of me and just saying, why don't you back off a little bit, man? Let's have the dust clear up. But I'm just just right through the cloud of dust, just making sure that I'm following <laughs> Rooster, keeping up with them. <laughs> Dude, and and I don't, for the, some of the dustiest roads at times, oh, coming out yeah. of winter, you know, oh, yeah, depending on the sure. spring rains, it would just be like, you could see Rooster's cab and part of the box and then everything behind it just gone. Just a cloud of dirt. And somewhere in there is Weston just swimming. It's <laughs> <laughs> just doing the butterfly, you know. <laughs> but those roads, I mean, those gravel roads, I mean, they're good roads and stuff, but you just yeah. got so many hills yeah. and then like there's that real steep one where you you come up and it's a, a sharp corner yeah. mm-hmm. in a, the and steepest then, hill. Mm-hmm. So you're just, you know, dropping yeah. gears like crazy. It was, you know, for learning how to truck, it was pretty valuable for me because once I started driving, you know, flashing forward to when I'm on the highway, I'm just like, this is the easiest thing ever. Hauling <laughs> cattle up to the upper ranch is the worst, right? And this is the, this is when you were saying, you know, or Rooster was saying, sometimes I, or you know, you did, I would let them do things unsupervised. This was definitely one of the like, you're doing scary stuff in this old truck we pulled out of the woods. And I didn't know enough to like go through like, how's the brakes? I have no idea what the brakes were like on. I don't know. This is a whole farm truck. Yeah. And we're just doing farm truck stuff. We're not out, you know, whatever. As time went on, we, you know, we, we looked at more of that stuff. But at this time, no, nah, we're just running wild, you know? Oh, yeah. But that was a crazy trip because we mentioned on the last podcast that, or the last time we recorded together, that up at the upper ranch, if you got any rain, once you drop down those last six or seven miles, it's on a creek bottom. There's, it's mm-hmm. not really graveled. It's just a dirt road. It's dirt. Yeah, totally. So dirt. if you get any rain, we had learned through experience. Sad experience. Through sad experience. Mm-hmm. But if there's any rain, you're not getting down on that road. Mm-hmm. We had a time, a couple years probably before this was all happening, but where Rooster got stuck down there and we had to, we had to get cattle out the side, jump some out the side. Try so to get so he, got, he got stuck 
and had a, he had at least it was a paired up load. It was in the early days. He got stuck. Yeah. And just coming around this corner, just couldn't go. And we're like, oh, no problem. We'll go get the tractor. Well, I rode this tractor the 25 miles, <laughs> rode it all the way up to the mountains, hook it on. Didn't even, I mean, it was like, <laughs> so nice, stuck, nice try, it? not happening. So at that point, we ended up jumping the cattle out of the side of the truck. You know, there was a kind of a cliffside thing, that not a cliff, but a, a sharp hill. Yeah. So they just kind of jump onto the hillside and then. Yeah. And we, had, and we yeah, trailed on trail 10 miles or whatever. Yeah. But. So with those experience, we learned. So mm-hmm. we get up to the top of this bench and it's probably kind of, even. you know, I think we'd actually made one round and came back and got a second load actually. So it's kind of evening time. Yeah. And we get up to the top of this bench right before you drop down there and it had been kind of sprinkling rain and, you know, some noticeable precipitation. And we were, after that first round, we were cutting it tight because yeah. we were at the time, Weston and I were playing in a traveling country dance band where we would basically get hired out to play for like conventions, you know, weddings yeah. and like, like Western conventions and yeah. things and rodeos and our biggest show, I think to date, I would say at that time, mm-hmm. we had got booked to play in Dickinson. Yeah. The Dickinson it? Rough Rider Days. Okay. Yeah. Big, big rodeo thing. Big deal for big springtime rodeo. For Western North Dakota. Mm-hmm. And so we got hired to play big deal, need to make an impression. A lot of the rodeo people there, you know. Yeah, right right after the rodeo. As soon as, you yeah, know. It's the, like the night. Yeah, it's the, like the big entertainment yeah, for all these rodeo folks. Right after the bull riding's done, pulling a big semi-flatbed trailer right in the middle of the rodeo grounds and we're playing a big show. That's mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. the day after. That's the, the next, next day. day. That's, that's tomorrow, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So we know we're, we're pushing hard, but we had this day's worth of cattle paired up. So we like... We, we have to get them up. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's, that leads us to where we were to where we get up there with this last load. I think it was was the last round. Yeah. Yeah. And the plan was, okay, we're going to get up there. We're going to unload. Weston and I will jump in a car and we're going to drive all night to Dickinson. We'll be, and the show was the following night. So like, yeah, it was, you know, we had some time. We're going to get to Dickinson and we're going to play the show. But the good we, Lord had different plans. Yeah, we get up on top of that bench right before we drop down yep. to that real rough. This is like, this is section. it. You either got to go or you don't go. This is, this is all. Yep. And, we, and so we all stop at. And, well, you know what I remember from this? What? We come around that last curve to the final straightaway. Yeah. Before we drop down onto yeah. the creek. And we come around that last curve. And I just remember looking above because it was all those rolling hills. So you'd see Rooster going up a roller and then he'd go down and he would vanish. And then here comes Weston up the roller. Not far behind, right on his butt. <laughs> right on his tail. Yeah. And then he would vanish. And, you know, and I'm bringing up the back. And I remember seeing mud because oh. we didn't have quarter f- or full fenders on this truck. So it was flinging mud at this point, started flinging mud up. And I could see it from way back where I was, flinging mud up over your cab, yeah. throwing it towards Rooster's truck. And I'm going... If it's flinging mud up here on the gravelly part of the road, yeah. like there's no mm, way this is not looking good. Yep. So we got stopped and we, we walked down that hill and go see what it's doing. And sure enough, it's, it's we got no shot. So yeah. we've got three trucks loaded with cattle up on top evening time. Next day, we've got to get to Dickinson, North Dakota to play this show. And that's the situation we're in. That's where we're at. And our band leader had already left. He was, you know, well, he, he was he announcing announced the rodeo. Yeah, he announced. Yeah. So 
And this it was a big deal for him. Like this was in you know yeah, he was announcing they, a lot of rodeos back yeah, then, and that was his thing. They loved him out there. Yeah. He did a great job. Like that was so. If his yeah. band lets him down, it's going to reflect poorly on him. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of high stakes for him. Oh, and this is the last spot where we have service too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because right once you drop on, on the crick, it's gone. Yeah. So so we're calling Kyle, the guy, the guy who's in the band, the kind of band leader, and trying to get things set up, and and so we kind of come up with a little bit of a plan, and we thought. We made a plan and we honestly thought sun will come up in the morning. We'll be fine. Yeah. Cause it had kind of cleared off. Stars were out. Yeah. You know, we're like, it's going to clear off tomorrow. Yeah. But the plan was worst, worst case, it'll dry out. We'll get the trucks in and we'll charter an airplane. This is again, something they would never do for anyone other than the youngest child. How'd you like that? Come on. <laughs> oh, we're hitting digs in there, man. <laughs> so, so youngest child thing, we'll, we'll charter a private, plane for you to fly to Dickinson. Okay, we'll put my, Jackson on an Amtrak tomorrow, maybe. Okay, hang on. This is it. This is Kyle setting this up, okay? So this is Was it, it his connection to the plane? Yeah. Well, it's a yeah, relative Kyle's or someone. Yeah, somebody knew. So he's the one trying to set all this stuff up. But that's the plan. So yeah. that's like worst case scenario. We're either going to get in, we'll unload them, we'll drive to Dickinson, everything's fine. Worst case, we'll unload them, Weston will hop on a plane yeah. after lunch. and Yeah, because they had, Jackson was playing bass and they yeah, had a bass yeah. player out there that they knew. Yeah. But no one had the golden harmonies that they knew. No. Yes. no. Mm. But so sure enough, wake up the next morning and have to wait out. We go down there like, oh know, yeah, we, sleep in, we the sleep in our trucks. I loved it. That was the first, <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, yeah. And Get to sleep, <laughs> sleep alone in my semi. Like that seemed like I'm the real deal trucker. Oh man. Yeah, truly. And we go down there at like nine in the morning, walk down to check in the roads. It's like, ha yeah. Not even thinking about drying out. No. And that's when we realized like, We'll be lucky if it's dried out by two or three in the afternoon. Yeah. And that's what it was. Yeah. We ended up, it took most of the day and finally got dried out. As soon as it was dried enough, we, all three of us get our trucks down in there, get unloaded. And then mom was up there with her. her yeah, like waiting with the. Her Suburban. Yeah. Right. She comes up and I let, left my truck up there, jump <laughs> in with mom. This is the most rock star I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> Jump in with mom, fly back to the ranch, get some like nice clothes and my guitar. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> throw, roll into town, get on this little tiny airplane, throw my guitar in back, fly to Dickinson, North Dakota, literally land in Dickinson, take a car right to, they're the, doing sound check. The they're on the, on the flatbed trailer, jump up on the flatbed trailer, and then it pulls onto the rodeo grounds and play a show. And then drive back with with the the with fiddle the player with the oh, fiddle player ca- caught a ride with the fiddle player from Billing to Billings the next <laughs> so it's just like boom 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 so for for a young you know junior in high school that was That's probably the coolest deal. thing that Super, could ever happen oh yeah, yeah. oh man that's pretty fun I'm playing the band they fly me to the shows oh yeah telling everyone hey, I'll just catch a plane to my next show <laughs> no big deal to, yeah, ain't no thing oh I don't even know what it cost either I have no idea. I don't know. Oh, you know what? He got a cut rate because that guy, whoever flew that, his kids, I think he had split custody and they were out in like Fort Pierce, South Dakota. Oh, so he had like a backhaul? Yeah. He was on the way out there. He was flying himself out there. Anyway. And Kyle knew him. He's like, I'll just throw him in. I'll I'll drop down. I don't even know if he charged Kyle. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good favor. Yeah. So me, I wasn't quite as fortunate. I didn't get flown or... Well, I think probably it was more like from dad's perspective, he's like, I'll give you Weston, bro. I ain't giving you Jackson. I need some real help around here. <laughs> that was pro- <laughs> and then my, pre- and then what I remember singing, like, no, I will stay. I will help you father. We will finish the work that has been laid for. My approach was more like, you guys good. Okay. I'm going to peace out. I'm, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
I don't even know if we were done hauling by the time you got back because you flew out and back so fast. I, yeah. I, yeah. We might have been just wrapping up that day. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might have. We had another, we had a whole that. other big round of stuff. Yeah. Do. That's right. Because I remember thinking like, dad, honestly, dad was always at the mind like, just go because they loved the band and they yeah. knew it was, you know, they loved it. So they were like, just go. Rooster's like, oh, Rooster's always like, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll get it done. And I'm like, you know, you're in high school, so you, you still have some freedom to be like, I'm, but I'm like, no, I'm not going to play a show and leaving you here to all, you know, 150 no. pairs to the mountains by yourself, sort them by yeah. yourself, load them by yourself. Yeah, no way. So, so anyway, so that was your kind of your it's like, my intro, like Again, your intro to truck. My first times we talked about my Pishkin story, the first time I ever hauled cows with a pickup in a trailer, and that was pretty disastrous. And then this one, I mean, just not exactly super smooth i don't know what the problem is but but you showed that you were capable it opened like, you, you know, it, it kind of opened the door for uh, kind of our whole future of trucking together because we yeah when we're planning we're like what how can we get this done we're like well we have weston he's had he brings interesting circumstances with him at every time but it always ends well enough so, <laughs> so like like bring him on yeah no doubt man yeah things started kind of opening up once we realized okay jackson hall and weston can get through his gear pattern. <laughs> get the truck down the road. He can get. He can do the nine. He's got the nine. Put him in a nine. Good to go. Yeah. So here, this was the problem for me. This is where it became like oh, dangerous for me. Here I realize I've got a little brother who's home, you know, high school, living with the folks. I'm across the road. I've got these trucking ambitions. Now I'm starting to realize like these trucks, you know, I, we have the farm trucks. Now if we do a little work, you know, clean them up a little, make them a little more legit. little rattle can action. Yeah. yeah. That it doesn't take much more to make these commercial hauling trucks. Like, we've already got them. And I've got a younger brother that I'm kind of can do the deal. I can get through a gear pattern. You know, get through the pattern. in the right direction <laughs> and I can get there. And you're, you're no stranger to strange adversities. <laughs> oh, I'm totally comfortable with it. <laughs> so, so... I start, I start kind of being willing to take on jobs that maybe by myself I wouldn't have been quite as comfortable. But now I'm like, no, I've got, I've got, I've got a little Stony with me. Like we'll do whatever. Yeah. As we, yeah, and we'll talk more. I feel like a lot of it was kind of like, hey, no one else will do this for me, and we're like, we got, you, we got buddy. it. Because yeah. that's the trucking hierarchy as far as like, who's yeah. they, like someone calls a local like a legitimate local trucking outfit and they're like hey we're up here in the such and such region and we need a load of cattle hauled and they're like oh yeah no i'm busy sorry you know who you could try i hear that alan kid's starting a deal <laughs> try <laughs> him yeah right yeah as you get more experience in trucking the loads don't get more complicated because you're experienced. No, the more, you know, legitimacy you have, the easier the loads are. It's, <laughs> right. Yeah. The yeah. less experience, that's when you get, that's the when you get all the weird stuff. calls. So I'm, of course, and then I'm working at the sale barn still, you know, that auctioneering career is going on. And, and so anytime someone would call the sale barn, and this was like my first cool kind of in, like, yeah. hey, this is like a legit, like direct customer action is, yeah. Someone call the sale barn and say, hey, I got some cattle I want to haul in from up, you know, north of town. They'd say, well, call Jackson. He's got this truck that can fit into some places and not all places, but some, and maybe you can fit in. Or if it's the beauty of the side loader was if it was a small enough run close enough to town, you could actually unhook the pup yeah. and just take the box and the box because it was a double decker. Yeah. You could still haul like 
45, 50 head of calves in it, which again, is a pretty good Again, you're doing, doing some damage. Doing some damage. So well, I'll never forget the time that I got a call from a gal. And she goes, hey, I live up kind of way up north of Denton, Montana, out in the kind of way out in the way outs. And anyway, I'm doing a full dispersion. I'm ready to get out of the ranching and, and we're, I need to bring them all to town. I hate to do it, but it's time to sell everything out. You know what I'm thinking? <laughs> Just seeing dollar signs. We're going to get rich. So rich. And this is like whatever. Back in the, at the time, this is a f- probably a 40 mile, 50 mile haul maybe. From where she, well, I don't know. She was quite a ways out she there. She was, oh, yeah. We'll talk about it. She was, when she says, I'm a little north of Denton, she was way out there. But back in those times, you're like, well, it's okay. So I'm like, you know, it's probably about $400 a load, you know, bring it in. She's like, okay, there's only, there's only one catch to this whole deal. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, what? Well, I, I, I can't really help you load. You know, I'm, I'm a little older and. Oh yeah, no problem. Single lady ranching. Single lady cool, ranching yeah. doing her deal. Yeah, tough, tough old bird, you know. I'm just okay, no problem. I'll bring I'll bring Stoney with me and we got it. Yeah. So now I'm going, we got we got trucks here. I got Stoney. It's a local hall. It's not really like a commercial hall. It's kind of in that gray area. So Yeah, I mean, I'm like sixteen <laughs> or seventeen right. years old, but let's do let's this. Do it, man. Yeah. There is money to be made. I'm looking going. So I told her, I said, well, it's going to be like $500 a load if we got to do all <laughs> this stuff. You bumped it up from We got to sort them because she's like, it's just going to pretty much be you. So I'm, I'm under the impression it's all us. Well, we get the truck. So we end up getting, you know, a couple of the rigs. We go up there and it wasn't quite what I was expecting. First of all, it is so far north of, if you look on a map where Denton, Montana is, you just go north, north, north. You'll eventually hit the Missouri River. Right. We are just right before the breaks before we're you hit the there. Missouri River. Yeah, we're another 30 miles out of town somewhere up yeah, there. Yeah, we are way and, up there. And I don't, I don't remember any specifics. Just somewhere way out there, you yeah. know. So we show up and we pull in and it's just kind of, it, a lot of old places are like this. There's so much old home, old barn, old buildings, old vehicles. Equipment. Equipment. Just everything. Something about that generation, you just got to hang on to it because you never know. You're so far away. You're like, I might need the shovel off that plow yeah. Yeah, sometime. Or, or if, which, if, if something breaks and you have to weld it up, I need some scrap metal. Yeah. I'll go break apart a piece yeah. of this old swather and exactly. weld it up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Remember the dogs? Yeah, I do. You know, people nowadays would be all over this because people are so weird about their love and affection for just the animal city like we talked about. But God, I don't know if she was... Raising dogs, if it was a shelter. She had to. She, she was like taking care of them. These were, the dogs were in like, great they shape. They were happy, healthy dogs. They each were, kind of had their own, she'd fashioned kind of, each one had its own home. Yeah. Whether it was under an old combine or in an old, you know, I remember there was an old house with several yes. rooms. She had her house or trailer house or something yeah. she lived in. There was this old house. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. just look through the window. And, and there was just, each dog kind of had its own thing and they're, I mean, happy and like everything was good. The dogs look great. Just a lot of them. And yeah, like one tied, you know, had a long run at leash yeah. tied to an old swather mm-hmm. with like a little house it could go in. Just yeah. dogs everywhere though. I don't know yeah. what the deal was. Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like some puppy meal, mill kind of weird. It was like, you love dogs. And like, she was taking care of them as someone with their livestock. Like, yeah. yeah I'm, yep. So we kind of, one of the goofy We kind of weave through there, through the dog deal. And kind of pull up and I'm like, where's the corrals? Because a set of corrals is like organized pens that have a flow and a function. Like 
You bring the cattle from a big pen into a corral. You put the calves in one pen. You have an alleyway to move cattle through just to keep things organized and concise. And like every place has one. Yep. Like it's, it's, if you don't have a set of corrals, you really can't ranch. Yeah. So we kind of get hooked up with them. Like, where's the, she's like, well, this is it. I'm like, what do you mean? There's just one giant round pen, huge, probably huge like round 40 pen. yards across. I mean, yeah. it was this big, big old circular pen full of, just full of cows and calves and everything. Cows, oh. calves, yearlings, mm-hmm. bulls, everything. Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, the yearlings. She, she, of course, she's running by herself in that big country. I was, I don't even know how she had them in the crowd. Maybe fed them in I there think enough. She, fed them. she, That's, got them she sucked just sucked in. them all up out of yeah. the brakes where they run wild. Yeah. And then all, you know, fed yeah. probably for two months until so, she had enough of them. And so when yeah. cattle run out in wild country, they become pretty rambunctious. Some get mean, some just get fast. Mm-hmm. Call them fast wild. cattle yeah. wild, but they just, they move, man. Yeah. They become more like a deer than a domestic. So she goes, well, here's the corral. She goes, if you look over there on the other side, there's a, there's a little hole we cut in the side of the fence and I backed a portable loading chute up against it. So I figure we can kind of just push them all up there and you can get them in. No, yeah, nothing. Nothing. Cattle no, truckers, it, cattle truckers listening to this would laugh. I mean, just a huge <laughs> round pen with a portable chute stuck against it. Think of it like a balloon blown up with like the nipple of the balloon, like that you blow air into. Like that's yeah. what the pen looked like. It was like this round pen with just this little bloop. Yeah. Somehow, yeah, and somehow get these 200 cows, calves, yearlings, and bulls to go up the chute and into your semi. Yeah, now cattle, they won't load unless, you, that's why you put them in a corral, they get inside of a fence system, and they're like, well, this is the way we go. This that's is the funnel. only place to go. But when you have a huge pen, they're like, well, why would I go in that when I could go this way or that way or backwards or literally 360 <laughs> degrees of anywhere, anywhere they could go. go. <laughs> so we're like, okay, okay. Well, we'll, we'll figure, we'll figure it out. Starting to see why no one was willing to do mm, this. It's yeah. all coming together. But five hundred bucks a load. I'm thinking baby. we got two trucks here. Said, we'll make a thousand dollars today. And we got up there kind of early in the morning. Well, the day starts to progress. You know, <laughs> we're like, what do we? Uh, first of all, how should we do this? And we we realize like, what do we have to work with? We're like, do we try to drag some old equipment in here and make a wing? Because you need at least some kind of a wing. Got to have something to funnel them down. To funnel to them in. Yeah, chute. it's just a funnel to funnel them into that chute. So we see that there's a water tank. So somehow we drain the water out of the water tank, slide it over there, get some water in it or something to make it heavy enough to stay in place. And she had two portable panels on the whole ranch. And these panels are eight feet long. So we get one panel kind of wired up against the side of the corrals. And then it goes up against the water tank. Yeah. And then we get the other panel. We have this totally worthless, tiny little puny wing. And then the second panel, we made it so it could kind of, you could pull it around and sort of make a little Yeah, box. sort of kind of cage them in there to get them to go up yeah. the chute. Yeah. You, you have to. You can't load cattle. Though. Yeah. So if this kind of makes sense, if you guys can envision this. So this is me at age like 23, yeah. 22 in Weston in high school, just dutifully, whatever, whatever. We're out here doing it. Yeah. Whatever Jay says, I'm doing it's it. It's a go. <laughs> so we start and she didn't leave. She kind of stayed out there and we're a little bit losing our cool. Livestock can tend to make you lose your cool pretty quick when things don't go. Yeah. I mean, she, she, I, she was great. Like knew everything mm-hmm. she was doing. I don't think that she probably did a lot of, and obviously based with her system, Look, I don't think she did a lot of like cattle work in as far as yeah. sorting and stuff. Nose cattle. Luke's yeah. talked about this before. You, you know cattle, but you've never worked. Yeah. Like, you don't know how to handle cattle. Yeah. And I think she's a little bit in that yeah. boat. 
she did not she never wanted us to like yell too loud yeah. she didn't want us to close like, really? close gates too hard yeah. or anything Just, too- eh, really and we're like and, and again these are a bunch of deer basically yeah. right these are all it's like a crowd full of deer crazy yeah. cattle <laughs> just running every They're which wild. way yeah. you're trying and it's so full of cattle that you're almost always to get run over or pushed or bumped yeah you're just in the mix of you're just in this ocean of cattle and so finally we realized it was going to take a little bit of aggression towards the animals yeah. to get them to go yeah I mean not like we just had to like you got assertive yeah, with things, you got right? just yeah get after it a little bit yeah and so finally nicely and a very nice trying to like the bedside manner thing like yeah. customer you know yeah deal hey you know really appreciate your help but we're gonna have to kind of do this our way hey, you're, you're paying us an extra hundred bucks yeah this anyway. so why don't you go you know start meal prep some dogs, dogs. <laughs> yeah, feed your dogs so she, and she did she left and left us to our own and then. I don't. I still don't know how, but whatever. We got it done. We got these two trucks loaded after hours. It was like nighttime by the time we left. It was nuts. Yeah. So we roll in like ten hours later with these two five hundred five hundred dollar loads. <laughs> ten hour day, a legit ten hour day. Yeah. <laughs> we roll in, and I'm thinking the whole deal was going to be a one day easy four loads back and forth to town. Boom, 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 boom. We get to town and we unload, and people at the yards are like, "Oh, how'd it go up there?" We're like, don't want to talk about it. <laughs> don't, don't. Uh, and I remember that I have an, a co-worker that works sale days at the auction, Jake Fulbright. Shout out, Jake. Shout out, Jake. Lives up that kind of, not up there, but within 50 miles of there. <laughs> Real close. He's yeah. a neighbor. I was like, I call him like, Jake, we're at so-and-so's place and I really need your help. I don't even know what to do. Like anything you can bring yourself, panels. Yeah. Jake's a good hand. And yeah. He's a heck of a hand. He's been out on his own doing it for a long time. So he shows up day two and more or less, you know, we get it done. I remember loading some calves where we would have to, <clears throat> we'd get them started. And I, this might've been the last load. You know how the last load always is. Oh. On, and now fit like this. Horrible. The because, last one, why? Why is the last load so always the worst? If you got four loads, right? The first three, you're getting all the cattle, but as you're bringing them up, the same cattle are blowing back on you, right? The willing, the willing participants load first. Yeah, they, yeah, right? exactly. So to speak. So the willing ones, the remotely willing, the tough ones, those are all gone. All you're left with is the <laughs> no way are you getting <laughs> like, me on the truck. That's all you're left with for your last load. So we've got Jake there, but we would, oh, and we got with that water tank cattle jumping, jumping through the in water the water. Tank. And yeah, it was run, just it like, was crazy. Because oh. that was part of our panel. <laughs> yeah. Our wing. We would have to, me and Jake, that last load, and you obviously, but yeah. we would, I think you'd bring him up, me and Jake were on the side of this portable chute. We'd get like two calves into the portable chute. We didn't have anything. So we'd have to take a lariat rope. Cause I could, yeah. Cause I couldn't push them up because no. I had to hold the gate shut yeah, so the that they wouldn't, so we wouldn't lose everything out. else. Yes, exactly. So me and Jake would push a lariat through the back of that portable chute and, and tie it up. <laughs> so that's holding the cattle's butts, a rope. Putting pressure so they can't back And then down. we'd have to crawl up in the chute and turn around and tail them into the, so, so we have to load, you know. 40, 50 calves yeah, the or last, more. Yeah. And we take them up three at a time. We'd have to tear, tie our lariat, dally it, jump in the chute and tail oh, them and they're wild the kicking and they're anywhere Jeez. from 300 pounds to 700 pounds oh. and just all the craziness in between. That'll make you tough having to do some of that. So we get them, we finally finish it up and by the end. It was the same day, second day. It went, it went a little better because Jake was there, but the cattle were more wild. So we didn't save a whole lot of time day two. <laughs> and now I'm just thinking like, what? I've... Uh, we get them to town, we get them unloaded. And it was like that. I'm, 
I'm going to start asking a few more questions <laughs> before I get into these deals. Do you remember when the cattle sold and she showed up to town? The biggest surprise of the whole thing. Maybe, maybe the, yeah, the craziest the thing whole of the deal, whole deal. Yeah. It wasn't the dogs. No. It wasn't 200 head of pears no. all in one round corral. Yeah, the lack of setup new. No. It was the auctioneer starts selling the cattle and he's like, these are so-and-so's cattle. She's here with us today. And we're like, what? Yeah, me and Jackson were working in the ring. Yeah, because like, we worked what? auction She's days. Here? Yeah, I don't know. We look over and here's this like kind of cowgirl babe. Pretty good know, looking lady. Like the everything you could want in 65 years of age going... Who are you? You are not the dog lady that we saw yesterday. <laughs> That's not the dog hey, lady. What? She cleaned up pretty well. So nice. To where mm-hmm. I remember telling Jake, Jake, your old neighbor. Yeah, because Jake, Jake, Jake was a single 25-year-old. Yeah. She's a single 65-year-old. You know, what's Nothing that better. What's that one song? Is, is it Garth? Yeah. Her hand. She's in the work for her that summer. Yeah. What's that called? The, the, the best line is, Something with the calloused hands of leather. I watched her calloused hands of leather turn to velvet in, in a touch. touch. Yeah. Oh, that was totally this lady. Oh, yeah. Oh, We're like, Jake, 100%. you already got in. She's got land. You got land. Match this, made in heaven, mm-hmm. Jake. She's got dogs. She's got dogs. I don't know if you like dogs. <laughs> she's so, got a few of them. She's got them. Some equipment. And, uh, but Jake wouldn't, he wouldn't bite. The whole kid wouldn't bite on it. Yeah. Oh, but again, for me, I was just getting schooled. In the school of hard knocks there between totally. first load up in the mountains and all that craziness. And then first pay in load <laughs> up this two day adventure in, in the Missouri River breaks in Montana. Yeah. Having to load all these cattle by hand and the craziness. It was a beautiful thing. But after that, I felt like we can about handle anything. Like seriously, after that, like what I've been to the mountains, I've been stuck. I've been flown on a plane. I've been to this dog farm thing. What can't I do? Except put chains on my truck. <laughs> Somehow through all this, I never learned how to put chains on. chains. <laughs> oh, you guys. So we're out of time for this episode, but I guess the, the next tease out of this for how this progression continues to flow would be that now I'm seeing we did get this done. I have a legitimate workforce behind me. What else? What else can we get involved with? That will fit our schedules? You, had a, you had a pretty cheap driver too. Pretty cheap driver. I don't know if you ever got a dime. I actually don't. I never questioned any it. Of those I didn't really care. It <laughs> didn't matter because all of it was still going back, trying to just pay off old Frankenstein for that $6,000 <laughs> deal. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get those savings built back up. Oh, man. Stoney, thanks for, uh, for sitting. It's so fun to go through these. Yeah. So all this stuff you just, you forget. Again, it's hard fun or, you know, silly fun. This was just more hard fun where you look back now. <laughs> what? Yeah. But at the time, it was not a joke, Jim. But pretty awesome that you you got profitable pretty quick on those trucks because yeah, you got into what two trucks all in. You were ten grand or eight grand yeah, yeah, all in all on, in on two workable yeah, trucks that were, that were doing the local work, and you know we kind of had them fixed up to run. So anyway, you guys, if you want to have if you have any inquiries, any questions, anything you ever want clarified or or whatnot, hit up the email steady at the wheel podcast at gmail.com. Again, all these are on our YouTube channel, Steady at the Wheel on YouTube. If you want to see more of this kind of stuff nowadays of what's going on here today, you can kick over to the Wild Wild West YouTube channel that has a lot of my current trucking adventures on it and whatnot. But you guys be good out there. Until next time, talk to you later.